In 2008, Satish Gabawala ran a motel off the interstate in Harvey, Illinois. The motel had a 24-hour diner and was used primarily by truckers. But Gabawala had a vision. He was going to transform the motel into a Holiday Inn and conference center. There was just one problem. Gabawala didn't have the money. So he contacted an advisor who convinced the city of Harvey to raise $14 million from bond issuances to back the project. Harvey had been in decline for years, so this was an opportunity for the city to turn things around and generate some tax revenue. But five years later, the hotel still wasn't finished. All the city had to show for its money was a gutted building full of exposed wires. People began asking questions. Where had the $14 million gone? The SEC then launched a bombshell, charging the city of Harvey with fraud. The SEC found out what happened to that money, and it wasn't good. Millions of dollars had been misappropriated, and the city's controller got rich in the process. It was a complete mess, and before it was all over, someone would end up dead. I'm Michael McLaughlin, and this is Scheme. Let's do this. Harvey, Illinois is about 20 miles south of Chicago and has a population around 25,000. It used to be a thriving blue-collar town, but several large businesses shut down in the 70s and 80s. Crime and poverty increased, and the city became littered with vacant homes. Harvey's mayor, Eric Kellogg, tried to entice businesses to come back. He offered developers incentives, for example, to rehab the Dixie Square Mall. This mall was the scene of the car chase in the Blues Brothers movie with John Belushi. The mall had closed in the late 70s after a series of murders, and it would sit vacant for decades. No one ever renovated that mall, and it was demolished in 2012. But one developer did step forward, and he had an idea to attract more people to Harvey. Satish Gabawala owned the Chicago Park Hotel at 17040 Halsted in Harvey. It was a four-story, 75,000-square-foot motel with a good location near I-80, I-294. But this wasn't the type of place that you'd go on vacation with your family. It was a little bit sketchy. There was a strip club right next to the motel, and at one point, there was a strip club located inside the motel. Yes, you heard me correctly. There was a strip club literally inside the motel. That sounds crazy, but when I hiked the Appalachian Trail, I walked past a strip club in Pennsylvania that used to be on a bus. So apparently, strip clubs are pretty flexible when it comes to location. Now, Gabawala said the motel was initially profitable, but in 2007, he lost a contract in which trucking companies had pre-booked rooms. The motel fell behind on its bills, and it got hit with some lawsuits. But Gabawala didn't want to give up, so he reached out to an accountant who was a frequent customer of the motel's diner. Joseph Lecky. Lecky was a CPA, and he ran an accounting firm called Lecky & Associates. Lecky and his firm handled the bookkeeping for a number of south suburbs, Robbins, Riverdale, Dalton, and Markham. And in 2008, Lecky also happened to be the controller for Harvey. Lecky listened to Gabawala's plan for turning the rundown motel into a Holiday Inn with 239 rooms, a conference center, a restaurant, and an indoor pool. Apparently, Lecky liked what he heard because he advised the city of Harvey to lend Gabawala the money. To fund the project, the city raised $6 million in 2008 by selling limited obligation bonds. The fact that these were limited obligation bonds is really important. It means Harvey can't do whatever it wants with the money. It should strictly be used to fund the redevelopment project for the motel. Investors would be paid back through the hotel tax and the sales tax revenues that the project would generate. 
But $6 million wasn't enough, and Harvey ended up raising another $3 million in 2009 and another $5 million in 2010. These were, again, limited obligation bonds. But this time, Harvey promised to repay the money through something called tax increment financing, or TIF. In short, Harvey expected the redevelopment to increase property tax values in that district. The increased property tax revenues would then be used to repay the investors who had bought Harvey's bonds. Harvey ended up raising a total of $14 million from issuing bonds between 2008 and 2010. But you know what's really interesting? Harvey didn't need voter approval to issue the bonds per Illinois law. This is because Illinois provided very little oversight in municipal governments. It simply required cities to submit annual audits and self-reported data. After 2008, Harvey would go five years without issuing audited financial statements. Now, if you're wondering, why didn't the state of Illinois do something about this? Why didn't they keep a closer eye on Harvey? It's because the state of Illinois had its own problems. The SEC accused Illinois of securities fraud for misleading investors about its unfunded pension obligations when it sold bonds to investors. And Illinois is notorious for having governors and other political officials sent to prison for corruption on a regular basis. The key takeaway for Harvey's taxpayers was this. If the hotel redevelopment project didn't work out, taxpayers would be on the hook for the full $14 million plus interest. Now, the $14 million was supposed to be used to build the new hotel, but in reality, the money was spread all over the place. Millions of dollars went to the developer, Gabawala, and he was supposed to receive money so he could build the hotel. Makes sense, right? Here's the catch. Gabawala owed money to a lot of people, and instead of using the bond money to build the hotel, he spent more than $5 million paying off his old debts. But the bond proceeds didn't just go to Gabawala. Lecky, Harvey's controller, got a big piece of the action. Lecky received $547,000 for serving as an advisor on the development project. Lecky also received $269,000 of payments on the side, which had not been disclosed to investors when the bonds were issued. And remember, Lecky's firm was also doing Harvey's bookkeeping, and his firm received over a million dollars for this. In total, Lecky and his businesses received $1.9 million from Harvey between 2008 and 2010. Oh, and Lecky also had the developer pay $100,000 to a woman who had, quote, no apparent connection to the hotel redevelopment project. But I'm sure there's nothing sketchy about that. Now, Gabawala and Lecky weren't the only ones to misuse the bond money. In February of 2009, Harvey was in dire straits financially. It couldn't afford to pay its employees or even its water bill. Harvey was out of options. But then one of Lecky's employees had an idea. He suggested that Harvey use the bond money. That money was supposed to be used for the redevelopment project only. Using it for Harvey's general expenses would be securities fraud. But that's exactly what Harvey did, using $290,000 of the bond money to make payroll. This soon became a pattern, and Harvey ended up diverting $1.7 million of the bond money for everyday expenses. It should come as no surprise that the hotel project failed. Gabawala ran out of money, and contractors began filing liens against the hotel. Gabawala then took out a $2.3 million mortgage at 22% interest to try and save the project, and it didn't work. But Gabawala still didn't give up, and he talked about reviving the project by selling 100-year-old Chinese gold bonds. These are bonds that China had issued in the early 20th century. China defaulted on these bonds when it turned communist in 1949, but some investors have held on to the bonds as a collector's item. The fact that Gabawala even brought this up shows how desperate the situation was. 
if a child had come to him with an idea about a lemonade stand, I think he would have said, yes, let's go for it. Lenders foreclosed on the property in August of 2011, and Gabawala went to India. But if Leckie and Harvey City officials thought that was the end of the story, they were wrong. In 2013, the Chicago Tribune published an expose. It said the hotel was an empty shell, and it asked what happened to the $14 million. So people were getting the idea that something had gone very wrong here. But Harvey was still in financial trouble. So despite all the negative publicity, it planned to push ahead with yet another bond offering in 2014. This time it would issue limited obligation bonds to finance a grocery store. But the SEC stepped in to stop the madness. In June of 2014, the SEC asked a federal judge to issue a restraining order, prohibiting Harvey from issuing any more bonds. The judge agreed, saying that Harvey couldn't be trusted with the money. The SEC also filed a complaint against Harvey and its controller, Leckie. The main two issues were Harvey's use of the bond money for unauthorized purposes and the undisclosed side payments to Leckie. Both of these acts constituted securities fraud. Six months later, Harvey reached a settlement with the SEC. It agreed not to issue bonds for three years. And Leckie was fired as Harvey's advisor and controller. So you'd hope the city would get a fresh start. But that same year, it hired a disgraced former mayor as its new advisor. Donald Luster had been the mayor of the nearby town of Dixmore until he was ousted in 2004 for being convicted of tax violations and other crimes. And Harvey's problems continued. In 2018, the state of Illinois had to garnish $1.5 million of Harvey's revenues to fund Harvey's pension liabilities. The mayor of Harvey, Eric Kellogg, also settled with the SEC. He was fined $10,000 and banned from ever participating in a bond offering again. It wasn't his first brush with the law, though, as he'd used federal grant money to buy himself a Chevy Tahoe. As for the hotel, the Cook County Land Bank Authority seized the property in late 2017, as the property taxes hadn't been paid in five years, and the gutted building was demolished a year later. Now, I don't know about you, but I was most interested to know what happened to Lecky. After all, he was Harvey's controller and advisor, and it was his job to look out for the city's finances. In 2015, a federal court banned Leckie from serving as an advisor for any bond offerings. It also ordered him to pay $217,000. But Leckie was never arrested and he was never charged with a crime. So I'd say Leckie got off fairly easy. But this is where the story takes a really dark turn. In 2016, Leckie's CPA license was suspended for failing to pay his state income taxes. That same year, he lost his home to foreclosure. He filed bankruptcy and said the feds had told him they'd make it so he couldn't even get a job working at McDonald's. He was 57 years old and his life had fallen apart. So in August of 2017, Leckie took a road trip. He went to southern Indiana to visit his ex-wife and two children. He wanted to see his kids one last time. And then he shot himself. This is a tragic story on so many different levels. And it left me with a lot of unanswered questions. Was Leckie a good guy? who made mistakes that financially ruined not just himself, but an entire city? Or was he a crook who took advantage of a town that was down on its luck? And what about the developer Gabawala? He really wanted to make the hotel deal work. Was the project just too ambitious for him? He seemed like the type of guy who always owes people money. Probably the only innocent victims here are the people of Harvey. They'll get hit with higher taxes to pay for a project they didn't even approve. Their schools will miss out on millions of dollars in tax revenues and Harvey will continue to lose residents and businesses as people move away. Corruption, financial mismanagement, a lack of oversight are the core problems here. 
I don't pretend to have the answers for the city of Harvey or the state of Illinois, but I do know this. You shouldn't bet the future of your city on a rundown trucker's motel with a strip club inside it. And if you do, taxpayers should at least get to vote on it since they might end up paying the bill. I'm Michael McLaughlin, and you've been listening to Scheme.